0: Welcome back to another episode of the Heated Up Podcast. I'm your host, Ross Brown. If you're not following us on any social media sites, please go over to Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Use that at symbol, Heated Up Podcast. We're mainly on Twitter. I am tweeting a lot. Go over to Twitter specifically, at Heated Up Podcast. Two Ps when you're typing it in. Um, Also go over to uh, Anchor FM, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts, whichever one you're not listening to. Go over and give us a follow. That's where we're streaming always, every single Friday, unless specified, specifically, exclusively, only on the Twitter. Tonight, uh, we are going to talk about Game Three of the Finals and what to expect for the rest of the Finals and preview Game Four as you guys are listening to this today. Today is June the 10th. It is my birthday, so huge day. Um, we got the Finals tonight. Uh, Game 4, as I'm recording this, it is just after Game 3. So we're going to be breaking down literally raw right after. I mean, the final buzzer just sounded. So we're going to be breaking that down. And at the end of the episode, we are going to talk about the Pat Riley presser. Um, I'm going to break that down. I went through it on Twitter a little bit, but we're going to dive deep into it. And we are going to break that down. We'll also maybe break it down, uh, the UFC card. Um, I'll probably throw that in there at some point. The UFC, um, huge 270, I think we're at 276 now. So we'll break that down. A um, couple title fights, a couple of big fights on that card. So um, stay tuned, Heat It Up Podcast. Episode 43 is going down. Let's get ready to heat it up. strike. Welcome back from the break. Happy Friday, everybody. Today is my 23rd birthday. Um, I'm wicked excited. It is a big day. Um, I don't think I have any crazy plans going on today. Um, I have those saved for Saturday night. Um, So I cannot wait to, you know, enjoy the birthday and enjoy the festivities. Um, But today's episode, um, we got to break down game three. Game three just broke down. Um, It played out in front of my eyes tonight. Um, So I will give you guys the most in-depth analysis. Um, There are a couple key things that I kind of took away from that game, Um, specifically Steph Curry. I mean, um, I know it's been a debate. It can be a debate still. Um, I know a lot of people kind of, you know, old heads don't want to make the debate, but I feel like a couple of them are kind of coming to the fruition that Steph Curry's, if not the greatest, he's the second best point guard ever. Um, even without the titles, I think that Steph Curry's number two. Um, I just it's so hard for me and I didn't watch Magic Johnson going into, you know, I've seen you know enough film from you know videos and you know NBA TV throwing back Laker games, watching him play center in the finals. I've seen enough to say that Magic Johnson's probably the best point guard of all time, but Steph Curry is super close. Like it, it's a debate. You can either go one way or another. I'd probably roll with Magic Johnson still. I think if Curry wins the finals this year, he probably gets put over that hump. Um, I think when it's all said and done, he'll probably be the most, you know, um, I think influential player of all time. I feel like you know with the threes, he kind of changed the game um, and, and for the better. I feel like I feel like a lot of people obviously hate the threes, and you know, there's ways. I was looking at a, a Twitter post that you know inverted the the corners, so you wouldn't have corner threes anymore. You know what I mean? I think you just got to adapt to it. And I feel like Steph Curry's done such an amazing job at changing the game um, that he probably is the most influential player of all time. I think that he's definitely number two point guard, like I said. But just watching him play tonight, um, there were a lot of things that, um, you know, he did that kind of made me scratch my head and go, you know, that's just Steph Curry. And I feel like with a player of his caliber, I feel like that's just like, I feel like saying, you know what, it's just Curry, isn't good enough. I feel like we really need to put respect on his name. And I feel like a lot of people disrespected him this year. Um, They were the number two team in the West. I feel like they, um, you know, they kind of deserve. I know everyone talked about Phoenix and everyone talked about Brooklyn and, and Philadelphia after the Harden trade. The Warriors were the best team in the league. And I feel like a lot of people didn't realize that. Clay coming back from injury, um, you know, getting Jordan Poole to kind of be that, you know, next caliber, you know, starter player. Um, you know, the young guys, Moody and Kaminga, Peyton, you know, coming out of nowhere. Uh, they still have James Wiseman. You know, he's not playing this year, but they still have James Wiseman. This is going to be a really good team. and I, And I think that they have potential to win you know, multiple finals coming up. So um, obviously keep an eye on that. My biggest takeaways, and we'll go quarter by quarter and we'll give the final stats. We'll go through stats really quickly here. Um, As a team whole, uh, the Celtics shot 43 for 89, uh, 48%. Warriors 36 for 78, 46%. uh, The Celtics 37%, shooting threes, Golden State 38%. Um, The free throws, they were kind of similar. Um, Celtics got nine more free throw attempts. They shot 71%. Um, Rebounding the Celtics out-rebounded Golden State. Now, Golden State cannot go super big. Um, They don't really have that big, big guy. I mean, they got Looney out there. They got Draymond. But they go kind of small sometimes with Draymond at the 5. Or Otto Porter, it looked like, sometimes will play in the 5. So, um, they got out-rebounded 47 to 31. I feel like that's... The main takeaway of the game: um, offensive rebounds. Celtics had 15. The Warriors had four. Um, Celtics out-assisted the team uh, 28 to 22. S- same on steals. Same on blocks. Turnovers. Golden State only had four more. The points in the paint: 52 for the Celtics, 26 for the Warriors. We know that the Warriors like to shoot threes. They like to shoot that mid-range. Um, the Celtics kind of attack the paint with the you know the size difference. Um, and they made it you know important i feel like it was very very important the Celtics had four fast break points they really had a lot of half court offense opportunities and they made it count um and the biggest lead the Celtics had 18 the Golden State Warriors took the lead in the third and it was a two point lead and they lost that and ultimately lost 116 to 100 so um looking at those stats the ones that again stand out to me is the, is the rebounding the Golden State Warriors got out rebounded 47 to 31 16 more rebounds for the Celtics um, and out rebounded by almost nine offensive boards. So it's just the second chance points. Boston 22, Golden State 11. It's stuff like that that kind of just swings games. The offensive rebounds, you know, when Golden State goes down, scores a bucket. Boston comes down, misses a bucket, gets the offensive board, and the crowd gets into it with all that energy. It's really hard to make swings, and we know teams on the road, it's hard when you don't get offensive rebounds. You don't get rebounds, period, and you get out-rebounded, and you cannot get the confidence and the energy that you would if you were at home. So good thing for the Celtics playing really great basketball, defending the ball. Um, I feel like it was a very good defensive game, even though it was 116-100. to 100, I feel like the defense was there. The guys just shot the ball very, very well. Um, let's go to some player stats here. Steph Curry for the Warriors, 37 minutes, 31 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists. Uh, He was 6 for 11 from 3. Steph Curry, uh, excuse me, Clay Thompson um, came out of his shell, 25 points, 7 for 17. He had 3 rebounds, 3 assists, 5 for 13 from deep. Uh, Jordan Poole, 10 points. Um, Andrew Wiggins, 18 and 7, 1 for 6 from 3. Draymond Green, only 2 points. Draymond, a lackluster kind of game. He fouled out at the end there. Um, as far as the Celtics, Robert Williams eight and ten, Al Horford eleven and eight, Marcus Smart twenty four points, um, Jason Tatum twenty six. He was three for nine from deep. Jalen Brown twenty seven, uh, four for eight from deep, nine for sixteen from the field. Um, Grant Williams ten points. Derek White only seven points. He shot the ball uh, three for nine, 0 for three from deep. Um, again, looking at those numbers and looking at what happened, the Celtics outplayed. The Golden State Warriors. And the Golden State Warriors, um, they really got to figure something out. They kind of run, you know, in only an eight-man rotation. At the end, they had not Violetza in, Moody in, Damian Lee in, Toscano, Anderson. Um, they emptied the bench out. They run with eight, and so did the Celtics. The difference is the Celtics' eight played better. I mean, Pritchard only three points, but his minutes on the court weren't uh, detrimental to the team. Um... You know, I feel like Golden State's gotta lock in and play seven. Um, I don't know who you cut out of there. Um, you know, does Kevon Looney lose his minutes? I, it's tough for the Warriors to look at what they have to do. Um, you know, Curry and Clay Thompson played really great games. Um, Andrew Wiggins forty minutes um, had a great game. Um, nonetheless, the Boston Celtics won by sixteen. What can Golden State do? from this point on um they got to play better defense and they got to rebound the ball they cannot allow 52 points in the paint again and get out rebounded by 16 um and nine more offensive rebounds for the celtics they got to go in the paint does that mean they go bigger um i don't know i don't know if the the size is the the most important factor or they just kind of focus in with these smaller guys you know clay thompson coming in for boards steph curry you know just putting his body out there instead of running out for a fast break um Trying to do something and kind of get in there and kind of disrupt this offense um, from getting an offensive board and even this defense from getting a defensive board and even scoring in the paint. That's a big issue for the Golden State Warriors. Now we're go quarter by quarter. The Celtics came out thirty-three to twenty-two. The Celtics shot great. They had all the energy coming back in front of this crowd as a Heat fan, knowing how this crowd can be. Um, you know the Celtics fan base. It, it's it's toxic. We already talked about it. It's a toxic fan base to play in. It's a crazy environment to play in. Um, but it's one of the reasons why they're the toughest crowd to play in front of. They are diehard fans. They come out, they already had an FU Draymond chant in the first quarter. They came out scoring, and they kept it close in the second quarter, and they shot, you know, thirty five they have thirty-five points um, in the second quarter. The third quarter is where it came down. The Celtics, for some reason, I don't know what happens when they go inside that locker room and come out. They play flat. They don't play good. They don't play basketball. Um, they come out and they and they, they forget how to play basketball. It, it, it's crazy to me, and I don't understand it. Um, it happened in the Heat series. It happened, you know, in this series. The Celtics just don't know how to play in the third quarter. In the fourth quarter, um, they came out and they only scored 23 points, so they didn't have a great fourth quarter either. Um, and Golden State, only had 11 points in that fourth quarter that was an issue you got to come out you got to play great basketball when you're coming out you know I don't know what the issue was um you know coming in that fourth quarter the Celtics just overwhelmed them I feel like it was too much the Golden State Warriors shoulders down you kind of can go back and watch the footage um they just don't play um to the best of their ability so it's an issue for them um does it mean that Golden State's out of this? Absolutely not. I still am going to stick with my pick, Golden State in seven. I think that Golden State takes the next two. Um, I think the winner of the next game um, is the winner of the finals. If the Celtics win, no way that they're going to blow a 3-1 lead. I think if Golden State wins, I think that Golden State's going to win in Boston. They're going to go home, win again. I think they'll drop game six and win in game seven. That's where I have it going. Um, I think I said that you know for my original prediction I think that that's just how it's going to come down to. They're going to get split in Boston. I think that and then the home team's going to take the next 3. Um I think it's very very possible that, though the Boston Celtics can win the next game and win the NBA finals. They were my dark horse at the beginning of the year. They'll still get the credit where credit's due. Um you know, the Celtics are a great team. They play with high energy, especially playing in the TD Garden. Um and and it's been a fun series, you know, even though it's been a little bit of blowouts the past two. Um, it's been a fun series, um, and I cannot wait to see what happens, you know, come, you know, tonight, essentially. Um, yeah, I, I kind of don't think there's much to say um, to look forward to. I think that Jason Tatum, that shoulder is going to have to have surgery. I think Robert Williams is going to have to have offseason surgery possibly again. Um, and I think that um, the Boston Celtics are putting their heart on the line, putting it on their sleeve. Um, and they're going out there and fighting. So I can't wait to see this matchup. Um, game 4 tonight, 9 o'clock again. Um, it's going to be a fun one. It's I feel like this series has been super fun Um I feel like Clay Thompson's going to have to come out and play great again. I feel like Jordan Poole's going to have to come out and play great again. I think Steph Curry, he got injured in the fourth quarter. It seemed like he was okay, um, but I feel like he's going to have to come out and play nuclear. Andrew Wiggins is going to have to play like the third best player on this team, though. Um, he's done it. He's shown up, and I feel like there's no pressure on him. Um, he's come out, and he's played great basketball. So I want to shout out Andrew Wiggins for sure, um, and it's been a great series, and I can't wait to see what happens throughout this next uh, these next couple of games. Um, let's quickly flip the script UFC 275 I know I said 276 um, three fights I'm looking forward to Wei Lee and Joanna Jo Jojenjek I don't know how to say her name no one's known how to say her name Joe Rogan doesn't even say her name right um, that's going to be a really fun fight Valentina Shevchenko and Santos that's going to be a great fight and Yuri Prohachka In Glover Textera, I wanted to throw that in there. Um, I'm looking forward to these um, fights. Prohotchka is the favorite, minus 220, um, and he is the challenger. Uh, Shevchenko, obviously the favorite, minus 600, and Wei Lee is minus 175. I would probably throw um, all the favorites in a parlay and kind of cook that one up um, if you had to, if you wanted to throw money. Um, The rest of this card isn't anything that's got my attention. Um, I don't think there's any other crazy news in the UFC. besides Dominic Cruz and Chico Vera is definitely going to headline a UFC fight night which Ariel Hawani said was going to be in Boston but Dana White said it wasn't going to be in Boston so I shout out um, Ariel Hawani for getting my hopes up um, I needed that um, but yeah um, back to the finals um, quickly I think Jordan Poole has got to play better he cannot come out and score 10 points um, he's got to come out, play better minutes, look to score the ball more, drive in that paint. Um, I th- feel like the Boston Celtics definitely um are gonna have to make adjustments as well as the Golden State Warriors, and it's gonna be a fun, fun game for coming up tonight on ABC. I'm gonna go into a break. Um, we're gonna end the episode off talking about the Pat Riley presser. Um, yeah, I uh, got a lot to say. Um, so stay tuned, stay um, updated because uh, get your popcorn ready because there's a lot to break down from this Pat Riley press conference. Stay tuned, Heat Up podcast. We'll be right back. Soundstripe. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back from the break. Um, there's a lot to talk about from this Pat Riley press conference. Um, if you hear me a little bit further back from the mic, I am. I'm sitting back because I kind of I want to chill out and kind of just go through everything that I've wanted to talk about um, from this press conference. Obviously, as we know, the Miami Heat lost Game Seven um, to the Boston Celtics by four points. It was a Jimmy Butler three pointer away from being back in the finals um, and putting up a fight against this Golden State Warriors team which looking at how they're playing I think the Heat could beat this team I think that the Heat could absolutely beat this Golden State Warriors team and I think this team would have a championship ring for Pat Riley can't go off of could could'ves, or should should'ves you just have to go with the facts and they lost um, this team was banged up in the finals uh, in the Eastern Conference Finals, excuse me um, we know that. We know that Tyler Hero wasn't playing. We know that Jimmy Butler wasn't 100%. Neither was Kyle Lowry, Max Struess. I mean, the list goes on and on. There was four out of five starters, and your sixth man of the year out. Um, they would have been out um, come the regular season, per a source. Um, they would not have been playing if this was the regular season, but it was the Eastern Conference Finals, especially a game six and seven. Um, they had to play, um, and they did and you, know, you put the best team that you can on the court and if you don't win, you don't win. You have to move on and chalk it up. Um, unfortunately, they lost and we come back to one of these Pat Riley press conferences. Um, Pat, over the years, has gotten a lot better. Um, I mean, he's been amazing, um, but I feel like he navigates through questions and knows how to, or when to, excuse me, praise a guy and also you know shoot his little dig at them um, and there was a couple of instances he did that in this off offseason. Um, he wasn't available as much as, you know, we all expected him to be, um, especially with a build like this. Um, he was only available, I think, a couple of times. I think the All-Star game or All-Star break he was available. There was a couple of times he talked to the media. Um, but he does this end-of-season press conference. Um, and he goes out when he talks, you know, what he feels. Uh, um, and here are some of my key points. Um, I don't have direct quotes. I just have um, kind of points that I pointed out on the podcast, Twitter. Um, if you're not following us, at heated up Podcast on Twitter. Um, and I kind of went through and kind of gave some stuff um, and, and broke some stuff down. So his um, first take, and it was not in order. Um, it's kind of when I got, you know, the notification. He's still in love with P.J. Tucker. Um, he literally said, beginning of the year, he was in love with P.J. Tucker as a player, obviously, not the other way um what pj brings to a team off the stat sheet is so so important it's kind of like a marcus smart um with the energy he brings and just you know the gritty you know guts kind of play that he does um you know going out there putting his heart on the line the passes the screens everything just just the confidence he has out there the defense what he brings out there the hustle i mean you can't it's unmatched um and pj tucker um it sounds like is going to um, get whatever he wants. Um, whether that's the mid-level exception, whether that's you know the team going into the luxury tax and willing to pay a guy like P.J. Tucker, um, whether that's taking a, a spot from Anola Depot or Caleb Martin for the money that they want, um, P.J. Tucker is going to get what he wants. And I feel like that's going to be no, priority number one in this offseason is giving P.J. Tucker a, a contract because he is um, available to opt out of his contract um, and, and be a free agent. Hopefully he doesn't. Um, if he does, they'll navigate a contract with him and give him some ched, Um because he deserves it and he's PJ Tucker. And I would do anything for that man. Um, so that is that. Um, he also states um, Tyler Hero. If he wants, he gave him some praise. You know, talked about the twenty points per game. Talked about being sixth man of the year. Saying he's only you know he's not a polished player yet. He's only twenty years old. Or, you know, twenty one, twenty two. However old he is, um, you know, he said if you want to be a starter. On a championship team you have to be a two-way player he said if tyler hero wants a starting role he's got to earn it in training camp um he says he's got to put on a little bit more muscle um which i agree i feel like tyler put on a, a really good amount of muscle this offseason he could put on another 10 15 pounds i feel like tyler hero can be a really great two-way player um, look at max Struz. max Struz coming out the woodworks um, being a two-way player and i feel like tyler hero can absolutely do that this offseason work on his defense you don't got to work on the shooting and the you know the offense We'll get into, you know, where my thoughts are, where this team should go at the end of this. Um, it, Tyler Hero, if he wants the starting role, um, he's got to earn it. And, and and that, you know, depends on him being a two-way player. You can't be just an offensive weapon and get, you know, uh, you know picked on, you know, and, and picked apart on defense. You have to hold your own on defense, and you have to be a two-way player. And Tyler Hero wasn't that in this playoffs. He wasn't an offensive player either, but he wasn't a two-way player for sure by any means. Um, and, and hopefully he can be that, you know, down the line. Next, Kyle Lowry. This is where Raptors Twitter kind of was really taking a dig at Pat Riley, which I don't understand. Um, he, you know, he said he was helping him throughout, you know, he had personal issues. Um, but we know Kyle Lowry wasn't in shape. It was it was reported throughout multiple Miami Heat sources um, that Kyle Lowry wasn't in shape. People were talking. I heard that, you know, Pat Riley wasn't pleased with him obviously you know he had his off off the court stuff you know he had some family issues but you come into this team um and you know essentially it was kind of you did it at your way you did it your way you know you you kind of you know stayed in the same shape you were when you were at the end of your you know tenure in toronto you came out you weren't in shape now it's time for us if you want to be on this team it is time for you to step up, get in shape, you know, shred that body fat, be under that 18%. I think that's what the standard is for the Heat. Be under 18% for body fat and continue to play good basketball. I feel like if Kyle Lowry's in perfect shape, um, coming out and playing in the playoffs, this team is completely different, and I feel like he's got to get into that shape. At the end of the season, he was putting on the weight. Kyle's got to lock in, drop some weight, get some muscle, shred, and be back to playing really great basketball. And I feel like he can do that, get the offseason stuff um, underway, get the off-the-court stuff, uh, you know, under wraps, you know, figure out, the you know, the family issues. I know some of it was with his son. I know some of it was with his family. He's got to figure it out, and Kyle Lowry can do that and be a really great basketball player for this organization. Another thing, and that's kind of what I wanted to tie into, and I'm going to tie it into the end of this episode. Pat says if a superstar is available, send him his way. Um, he'll do what he can to make it work. Um, he said that he's not going to give... You know the whole squad for a superstar. If if a team comes out and has a you know an offer that you know Pat Riley can't you know disagree um, from and and can't accept, um, he'll do it. If Donovan Mitchell becomes available, he'll do it. If Bradley Beal becomes available, he'll do it. He wants to make this team better. Um, You know they can do that. Um, internally, he brought that up, and I'll bring that up in a little bit. He said they can do that internally, but if they can make a good move for somebody and make it happen, he's got to make it happen, and Pat can do that. Um, I think he should do that. I think if you bring a Donovan Mitchell here, pair him up. Even if you have to move Kyle Lowry, you pair him up with Jimmy and Bam and PJ. I think that this team is very, very talented, I think they're the best team in the Eastern Conference. Um and that's for a superstar. That's a Bradley Beal, a Damian Lillard, a Donovan Mitchell. I don't think you need a forward. I think you need a guard in that scenario. You move Tyler Hero. You move Brett Donovan Mitchell. Uh, you move Kyle Lauer, excuse me. You move a Duncan Robinson. You do all that. Um, Pat brings up Bam. Talks about how half his contract and half his uh, half uh, t- Max Struc's, uh contract, Tyler Hero's contract, and Duncan Robinson's contract should go to Bam with all the screens that he makes and makes those guys open. He pretty much says that these guys rely on a guy like bam to set them open for screens and they're screen hunting um trying to get you know points which he's not wrong um i feel like tyler kind of created his shot a little bit better than he did last year and i feel like Struz kind of did that a little bit um off the dribble duncan did a little bit in the playoffs kind of going in and and going in for those layups in the paint um but it wasn't important Um, bam is important on this team he's one of the best players on this team he's one of the best young players in the in the league um bam though has got to score offensively, which we'll dive into right after this next one where Pat brings up Duncan Robinson saying he can improve defensively but also calls him a specialist. So he's kind of throwing in, you know, a team needs a specialist on every team. Every team needs a specialist. We know that. Every team needs that three-point specialist. Duncan Robinson is that. And he kind of hypes him up saying, you know, he is a specialist still, but he needs to be a defensive threat. Um, and, and I, again, I agree with that. Duncan and Tyler need to be defensive-wise um, defensive minded guys in this league Pat says they don't need another scorer, um, they don't need to go and they're not desperate to go and look that's where he kind of comes in and says they're not throwing the house on a player um, they can improve internally I feel like he he said he wants to look and talk to Spo um, to see how they can look and try to get Bam 15 shots a game, I feel like Bam can definitely get 15 shots a game, in the off season last year Bam talked about getting 15 shots a game um, and shooting the 3 ball a lot better we didn't get that this year um, we didn't get enough uh, aggressive BAM shooting the three ball. We didn't get an aggressive BAM shooting 15 shots a game. I don't know what he averaged on the year, but he didn't do that. So I feel like this team can definitely improve internally. I feel like they can bring a lot of these guys back, a Caleb Martin, a Victor Oladipo, Gabe Vincent, and Max Shrews are still on their you know team-friendly contracts. Bring in P.J. Tucker, um, you know, bring in a Yurtsevin back. They can be a really great team um, and just kind of improve internally, But they also can improve outside in the market, and I feel like they're definitely going to be very, very aggressive come this offseason. And they also, Pat Riley brings up, this team runs on defense and will not blame the shooting issues. Pat Riley brought this team in for defense. You know, you had the Duncans, you had the Tyler Heroes, you had the Struces, the Gabe Vincents. But they focused on defense. We focused on it. Kyle Lowry, a great defender. P.J. Tucker, a great defender. Jimmy and Bam, all NBA defenders, as they should be. Um, we knew that was coming. Um, and the offense, you know, had to follow. When you have great defense, you also have great offense. So I feel like this off season is going to be very, very important for them. Um, and I feel like internally they can all improve, but I feel like they're definitely going to make a couple of moves and be very aggressive on the free agency market as well as the trade market. You have a couple of guys that you can trade away. Um, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Kyle Lowry, if he doesn't get into shape, um, they can make moves. Um, and kind of to close out, um, Pat says he's not done with the build. Um, I said that I expect this team to be open with moves in the offseason to focus on bringing majority of the players back. They're going to do their best to bring back a Caleb Art and a PJ Tucker, a Victor Oladipo pat Riley is not going out without a ring he wants a ring he wants to make sure that the arisons are going to pay the luxury tax we hope that they do they've said that if this team is a contender they'll pay the luxury tax this team's contender it's a long season ahead um uh, offseason ahead excuse me um and we just got to kind of sit back and wait we cannot worry we cannot be nervous this team I remember last offseason, everyone's like, oh, my God, what are we doing? The year before, we traded for Bielitsa. You trade, you get Iguodala. You know, you make some of these questionable moves. You move away from Mo Harkless, which I hated Mo Harkless. No Jay Crowder you brought back, but look where this team was. They were a three-pointer away from going back to the NBA Finals. You missed it. You got to move on. This team has a lot of work to do. Um, This team is ready for a finals run. Jimmy's got to get a finals. I feel like we can get it. Um, they can get their ring next year. They gotta make a good move, though. They have to do something with Duncan Robinson. If he's not gonna start, if he's not gonna close games, you have to move on from that contract. Talking about guys, there was a couple of sources that told me uh, Harrison Barnes is an option. There's a couple of uh, guys that are, are talking about, you know, a Jeremy Grant, um, a uh, not Aaron Gordon. Who's the other player? I'll bring up the text right now um OG and OG and a couple of those guys that can be moved for a Dungan Robinson it sounds like those guys um their market is two first round picks so do you drop down two first rounders for those guys I don't know but we'll find out um that is it for today's episode Heated Up Podcast, episode 43. If you're not following us on any social media sites, like I say, Instagram, I'm going to say Twitter. Twitter's the main one. Go to Twitter, Heated Up Podcast. Type us in. Give us a follow, guys. We are always tweeting on there. Um, tune in. We are going to drop some news on the Spit and Heat podcast, which will be live come July. Um, I appreciate each and every one of you um, tuning in to today's episode as well as future episodes and past episodes. That is it for me today. Um, Happy birthday to me. I'm shouting myself out again. Um, I can't wait to enjoy the festivities. Um, And that is it. We'll be back next weekend um, to talk about the NBA Finals winner. I believe we'll have to have a winner, right? Yeah, I think we're going to have a winner. So we'll talk about that. We'll break that down. He did a podcast here to stay. Have a great night, everybody. Soundstrike.